Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about an uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to the show. The show is being recorded for March 17th, 2022. You in the future, don't you wish you were here? Oh, oh boy. It's fun stuff. This show is not kid safe. It is not work safe. It is not individualized investing advice. It, it's, uh, it is what it is. Be forewarned. Is Creative Commons licensed non-commercial attribution 4.0 unported. The theme music is by the late great band The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com. The bandwidth is via Cashfly under the kind auspices of Backbeat Media. I do not speak for day job employers because I am not day jobbing right now. Okay? Are we good on that? Let us get immediately into a song. This one is a yet another um, Irish and Celtic music podcast song. That's how I heard I heard it just a couple days ago. And if you, from the first 15 seconds of this song, you're going to think you're hearing some kind of new metal in you metal uh, song. But then the, uh, the pipes come in. And uh, <laughs> so I, going back to ACDC... Um, boy, do I love the combination of metal guitars and bagpipes <laughs> and, and Celtic instrumentation. And uh, like whenever uh, Mark Gunn plays one of these things, it really always kind of gets me. I just, I just like that combination. So this song is from Celtica Pipes Rock. It sounds like the name of a compilation. It's got a hyphen and an exclamation point in there, but I believe that's the name of the band. From the album Oceans of Fire, this song is The Last Voyage of the Great Michael.
That was Celtica Pipes Rock with the song The Last Voyage of the Great Michael from the album Oceans of Fire. And I really like that. I will always be a sucker for bagpipes and screaming electric guitars in combination. I don't know why I love that, but I do. And now it is time for what 37 people think is as good as it gets. And that is the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon and pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, Arhuli, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Machoko, Nutty Nukchas, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Steve Holden, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic, Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, John Richardson, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Eric Peterson, Skeeter Murphy, Chiaki Hinohara, Robert Gibson, Len Edgerly, Melissa A. Bartell, Andrew Howe, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Ndaiko, Kevin Freedy, Brian Springer, Tim Shaw, Rob Usden, Wayne Pittenger, and Brian Jones. Thank you, one and all. Again, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash E-G-C Patreon. And with that, let us... I had what was a uh, funny thing to me last week. I was calling, I believe I was calling the roofers. We, uh, on top of the gazillion things we're doing to this house, we're more or less just starting over on a lot of things. And while we probably could get by a couple more years with the roof, um, we decided, you know what? Screw it. Let's just put the new roof on now before things start leaking and just uh, go with it there. Start from a known position right now, day one. Or not day one, but you know, early on in our thing. So we got roofers coming. So I, the thing about the roofers is you got to call them like seven times to make this happen. Call and you say yes. Okay, fine. Call back. Oh, now you got to pay the first 30% to do this. Okay, fine. Now we got to confirm. Now we got to walk you through. Now we got to. So there's a lot of conversation with the roofers. And when you call the roofer, um, you, you, it has some sort of like switchboardy thing. You call and then it routes you to the person. And the hold music while it's waiting to rat you to the person is the same music that I use for the reading of the patrons. I don't know. It probably is the same performance from the same site for the same reason, which is it's a flat fee and then you use it forever and you're licensed for it. So I just thought that was kind of hilarious. I referenced a couple of shows ago about the, uh, you know, when Wired Magazine released their Creative Commons uh, music CD. It had, you know... Beastie Boys and Spoon and what have you on it. And that was great. Other than the fact that, you know, at the time there were thousands, you know, there weren't millions, but there were thousands of podcasts and 17 songs. And do the math. It's like every podcast, like hundreds of podcasts are using each song uh, for theme music and such. But uh, I just thought that was funny. It's like, I know exactly what song that is. Okay. Let me mention now, because I haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, and the last time I did a show, um, Russia had not invaded Ukraine. So I am not in any way going to talk about it, other than to note that it's happening, and I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm not. It's very much like the early days of the pandemic, where I got nothing usable by anyone to say, but I can't just not say it and pretend it's not happening. That's just weird. So if there is one thing... Uh, the potosphere does not need. It's my hot take on geopolitics. So uh, 
let's just say I ain't back in Russia in this particular thing, but that's about all I got to say. I literally have nothing else to say on that one. Um, I will note that uh, there is, as of the time of this recording, there is an active story bundle. I popped my money down yesterday. I want to say the story bundles are for like 30 days, something like that. So there's probably until late April or mid-April 2022. And it is a story bundle. And the site is storybundle.com. I want to say somehow or another, it's re- related to Dean Wesley Smith and Chris Rush. Um, but it's much like Humble Bundles. You know how sometimes the Humble Bundles will have book Humble Bundles? Well, this is, imagine a site that is nothing but book bundles. And that is literally what Story Bundle is. And I have bought some from them. Um, like any book bundle, I have read of the ones I've bought from storybundle.com, I don't know if I've read 0% of them. I probably read one half of 1% of every book I've ever bought from them. But they did have one, and, and uh, the vast majority, because I'm just so drowning in content, that uh, the bar to get me interested in any of these things uh, is elevating. But they sent one, and it is a single author bundle. A lot of them, they typically tend to be themed, and sometimes they're themes like cat. Books. I'm like, oh, that's an easy one. I can easily handle the decision on this one. Great. But then sometimes it's space opera. And I go and look and it's, you know, mostly authors I haven't heard of. And it's like, yeah, geez. sometimes it's worth it if there's like four authors that you want with books that you want. Um, sometimes it's worth it to buy, you know, the 20 books to get the four. And that's how you end up with all these other ones you haven't ever read. It's just the math works out fine. Um, but in this case, it was a single author bundle on author Rudy Rucker. Well, I am a fan of Rudy Rucker. He was in that core of, you know, the the in the early 80s when the cyberpunks were starting. He was totally in the core canon. I mean, he, he has a story in that um, definitive Mirror Shades anthology that was kind of the, I don't know what you call it, the organizing document of cyberpunk. In uh, It was the, what was... The, what the hell was the Bruce Sterling fanzine? Cheap Truths? Cheap Truths and uh, that Mirror Shades anthology. That was kind of like the where this movement such as it is was organized. And Rudy Rucker was a part of that. And so it has, I think, 14, 13 or 14 books. One of those books is an omnibus of four novels, his Where Tetraology. So it's like 16 or 17 books. Um, a couple are collections. Uh, most are novels. Um, so for 20 bucks, that's a, good, a really good deal to me, even considering that I already had maybe I have paper copies of a couple. And frankly, uh, you know, I believe that this means that the paper copy is just out. Um, nothing against you. Pers- In fact, from where I can see, I can see some Rudy Rucker. I can see his book Gnarl on the shelves. And uh, I don't know. I've never met Rudy Rucker. I've no- So none of them are autographed. There's nothing special about them. Uh, so I don't know that I care about any of these paper copies. So to the library they go. Fantastic. But the, uh, I'm not going to start from the ground up with the first principles of my whole ebook pricing rant, uh, of which, boy, there may be another one in the future, but, uh, and I've certainly have, you know, over the, the life of this podcast have gone over many of those, uh, <laughs> gone over that many times, but the, uh, the bundles really show, um, they kind of show more like my strategy. The big publishers seem to be, they seem to be all about the devaluation of the product, right? That's, they want to make sure that they're not, um, 
I don't know, lowering the floor on what they consider the value of the product. Now, bearing in mind that um, for any of your big bestseller, there are where uh, uh, there's a warehouse bookstore at the Tanger Outlets that I can go and get any of them for four dollars if I wait, <laughs> or or at that front table at uh, Barnes and Noble if I just wait long enough. Now, the less the middle list, it's uh, not a great strategy because you don't know that they're going to be on there. But I know for a fact. Every John Grisham book, if I really want to, I can wait and get it for $3 from one of those tables eventually. All I got to do is wait. Time is on my side. But the, I still, to this day, will go and I will see an ebook that's, you know, $9.99 in paperback, but in the ebook is $12.99. And these are, in a lot of cases, these are 10 year old ebooks and they're still priced at $12.99. And it's just ridiculous. So you look at this and let's just say modestly, to make the math easy, let's assume 100% of the proceeds went to Rudy Rucker. That's not how it goes. Because the site takes a little, you know, you actually set, um, you know, you have a slider. I think I could set it to zero. Or maybe maybe 5% is the lowest you can do. Uh, much like Humble Bundle, on Story Bundle, you can control the split of how much goes to the author and the site. And you can control whether uh, some of it goes to charity or not. But let's say Rudy Rucker was getting 100% of this. And so for 20 you get all the books in there. Again, it was like an unlock thing. You could, I think if you gave $1, you would get like five of the books. But it, you know, to get the whole pack was 20, was the minimum. And you can give more than that. So let's just say, on average, Rudy Record gets 20 bucks a shot per sale. And let's say he has 2,500 people buy this bundle, um, which is, you know, it's not huge. Um, in the world of publishing, it's actually pretty modest. 2,500 people care enough to go get, uh, you know, 18, 17 Rudy record books for 20 bucks. And they do that. So you've really devalued, if you think about it in publisher terms, you really devalued what a Rudy record book is. Cause you're saying they're worth about a buck 25, right? <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is for practically no effort no no fulfillment, no shipping, no nothing. Rudy Rucker gets $50,000 that he didn't have last month. And I don't see how that's a... <laughs> I don't see how you can possibly do any sort of math uh, where that's a bad thing. <laughs> that, <laughs> there's The margin is very, very close to infinite. <laughs> and... Uh, like there's no boxes. There's you know very little to be done, very little promotion to be done. It just goes out there and then money comes in. <sighs> big publishers, man. Big publishers. I will take the under on big publishing. Speaking of which, um, I finished the book Shane, and this is not Shane as in the Western, but C-H-E-N-E by DC McElroy, aka Dan Conover. Um, I have not yet reached out to Dan, but I'm going to schedule an interview with him. And we're going to talk, it's basically, I might even do it, try to do it explicitly in two parts. Um, an artistic part where we talk about the book and, you know, the writing of the book and the content of the book. And then the second one is just a business talk. Like, okay, dude, you have this book and you decide to self-publish. Why? Uh, you know, and, and walk through the stuff and what was different than you thought and how is it going and blah, blah, blah. Somewhere in your future, you're going to have two episodes of the show uh, with Dan talking entirely about this book. And I, this will absolutely be part of the interview, but I am not, I've read the Game of Thrones books uh, and I've read Lord of the Rings. Beyond that, I'm just not enthused about your medieval European fantasy stuff. I know that that is a 
pretty wide swath of publishing and it's just not a meal you that I care that much about. One of the things I enjoyed about this is while it's fantasy and there are swords and there's stuff like that, it is absolutely not like a medieval type setting. It's really closer to the technology level of like the mid to late Renaissance. So, um, so it's, it's got a different feel. There's like a legal system, you know, there's a fairly, uh, there's architecture and legal system and, you know, there's not, you know, electricity and wires, but there's a lot of the stuff that you would expect in say the 1700s, 1800s. So I, you know, it's a, uh, it's quite interesting and I, I quite enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to chatting uh, with Dan. One of the podcasts that I started listening to, um, Again, no, I had no recollection of how this came across my radar unless maybe I looked for, unless maybe I searched for the word zine in Podcast Addict and turned up one that I had never seen before. And show notes at evilgeniuschronicles.org will have a link to this. It's the Zine Zone podcast. And so it's these two people um, from Toronto. They're in Canada. I believe they're in Toronto. Because if you're in Canada, statistically, you're probably in Toronto. <laughs> That's just the way that works out. And then, or else you're in Vancouver, and then there's about a 30% chance you're anywhere else. If you're a human Canadian that lives somewhere uh, in the country. <laughs> I think that's the way that, mu- that I think that's the way the, the statistics work. And I like the show. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting to hear them talk about zines. They absolutely, it's much like when I listen to uh, KPFA, the Puzzling Evidence Show, and the, I consider myself on the left end of things. And then when I listen to like the promos and um, like the general KPFA talk, it makes me feel like, uh, you know, I'm William F. Buckley. <laughs> I feel like George Will or Ronald Reagan when I listen to this stuff. I'm like, oh shit, man, they're so crazy far left of me that I just. <laughs> It's like, I can't hang with that. Well, the zine zone people are kind of like that. And whoo we, so, um, but I'm interested in like, they like do zine reviews and, you know, I'm kind of, uh, it, it's time, it's overdue for me to do issue two of my zine. And so I need to sit down and start writing. And I've actually just started getting to the, air, the, where I'm doing collages. I've got, so I'm, I've got, the idea for the centerpiece collage and I've got, I've been assembling some of the pieces. So, uh, you know, the house chaos absolutely, um, took about six months <laughs> off of that, but I, I certainly did not intend to wait a year and a half to put another one out, but I, it, it's time to start working on it. And so I'm have to redo all the math of all the stuff, uh, that I did last time where I've got to, um, figure out whatever it is, like 7.14 inches, where I trim the things so that I can shrink them down to the right size. And uh, I really looked at getting a four paper because um, a four paper, you just reduce it by 50% and there you go. You've got, uh, it folds completely in half because of, it's got the aspect ratio, like the whole a series. Anytime you cut it by 50%, it's just the next size down, which is great. Um, but the paper is so much more expensive. I'm like, ah, shit. So I saved myself a little bit of math up front and I saved myself having to trim some paper with the paper cutter once and then use cheap paper forever. I was like, yeah, God, I just gotta, I gotta take the upfront hit rather than pay three times as much for printer paper. So, but anyway, when I listened to the Zine Zone podcast, they had one, 
of the the I listened to there's something like 12 uh, uh, episodes in the backlog and I've listened to all of them at this point. And they were talking about cultural appropriation. And again, this is one of those topics that while I understand in principle and I am sympathetic in principle, but sometimes I just don't I just I I have a hard time getting worked up over that one. And one of the things that they called out explicitly was like wearing the garb of a culture you're not uh, a part of. Well, friends, uh having just moved house uh and having moved the contents of my closet, I see uh, I had to figure out what to do with, for example, my corta that I got um when we were in Hyderabad for the opening of a new office in when would that have been? I believe 2018. So they opened a new office and they had a big ceremony. And so uh, a bunch of big wigs were going to be in Hyderabad. And because of that, we were also decided to do one of our uh, workshop trips where we went and had events around the country. And we were able to get some of those big wigs to be our keynote speakers. And, uh, you know, it all kind of worked out. But what that meant is that we were in there for this big ceremony. Um, and so there's a puja ceremony to... Um, basically bless and sanctify the office. I think this is what you typically do with like big public spaces. And so it was a multi-day thing and there are priests and there were all these patterns on the floor made out of flower petals and, uh, you know, incense burning and they're like breaking fruit and they're chanting and praying. And then there was like a big public, there was like a half an hour ceremony that was the like the height of it, but it had been going on for some time. And I believe it went on for some time after, but there was, you know, it's almost like a church service, um, you know, in the middle of a bigger thing. So we're standing around, but part of the deal was for this puja ceremony, all of us were uh, expected to wear corches. You didn't have to, but we all did because it was considered respectful. So we actually went out um, to the market the, the night before this thing. And we bought it. We, we were all buying court. We, were, we went, Christian shopping. And in fact, so we're wearing these things. We're, uh, you know, we have the bindis because I, I never like asked for it, but people like just like put them on my head. <laughs> I was like, at some point they got the little dust and just and put it in my forehead. So by the rules that Zine Zone was talking about, like I was straight up culturally appropriating because I'm not a part of that. And according to kind of the way they said that, I was like, I was the bad person in this. But you know what? Everybody, um, everybody that I interacted with uh, seemed to appreciate that we were all, all of the Americans had made the effort to, um, to garb up, basically, to wear uh, native dress. And now some of the like Hyderabad residents did not, like some of them were just wearing you know, business casual. <laughs> so probably 85% of the people in the office were wearing uh, some form of uh, a more traditional dress that day, but not everyone. Um, I want to say every American was wearing some sort of uh, Indian clothing. Um, and it was, I think for some reason, I think it was mostly the sales dudes <laughs> who, who, were, who were just, because they're sort of in their thing. I think those those were the people who didn't, uh, who were just, you know, wearing shirt and, shirt and slacks. But I, I just remain confused on the cultural appropriation. Sure, I understand the badness of blackface. And, uh, but like the interest and the participation in another culture, I don't think it's as 
cut and dry bad as it's portrayed. Um, I, there's got to be a path to be uh, to get a kick out of someone else's culture and uh, be try to be a little part of it, even if you didn't grow up in that culture. Like, how how does that make you a bad person for caring about other people? <laughs> That's the part I don't understand. Is if you're making a good faith effort to care about their stuff and you want to be a part of their stuff. How does that make you a bad person? I don't. Th- that's the part that I don't understand. I still welcome Dave at EvilGeniusChronicles.org. If somebody can walk me through, uh, I may sound like the most out of touch dude ever. And I'm not. You know, I'm not justifying anything. I mean, all I'm saying is my empirical experiences. When I culturally appropriated, everyone from that culture seemed to like it. That's all I knew. I'm not saying I'm making no broad statements about the universe in general. I'm just saying, in my case, in this one very specific case, no one was mad that I was, uh, no one was mad that I did this. It seemed the opposite. They seemed happy that I did this. And they seemed happy that we all did this. So I don't know what the problem is. And I still have the thing hanging in my closet. I could wear it any day. Like, I could totally wear that thing on, uh, Independence Day, Indian Independence Day. I typically, uh, uh, historically, I would send a tweet wishing everybody happy Independence Day. Here in America, we did the same thing with the same people. We know what you're going through, <laughs> which people <laughs> seem to like that. But anyway, that's um, that's where I'm at. I don't, I just, Zine Zone confuses me. Cultural appropriation confuses me. The black and white, the black and white part of it, I totally understand. No pun intended. I totally understand it. But there seems like almost the entire stuff in the middle is just a gray that uh, you can't make a statement is blanket, good or bad. You have to really think about it. But anyway, with that, I'm going to take a sip of this fine yesterday's Americano. It's been reheated and now is back to room temperature. So it's really, this coffee's been on a journey, literal and figurative. <clears throat> Oh, that's unbearable. You know, um, after saying all that, I'm going to skip a line in my bullet points because I just don't even have it in me to talk about the next one. I'm going to go on to a thing. Um, I was looking for um, a tool, a nerdy, nerdy type tool. Um, I have been using this site called Visual Ping. Should I say why? It makes me a douche if I say why. I have set this thing on the search of an obituary in the U.S. on a per- certain person's name because I'm waiting for someone to die because <laughs> I don't know where this person is, and it, but I want to know when they're dead. So I have searched on their... I, I have a visual ping is the site, and I'm searching on their obituary just so that I will know if and when the said person uh, demises. So it occurred to me with HeroesCon that I wanted something similar. When new guests are announced, I wanted uh, to be informed that that website has changed. And I looked around, and there's a project called Hugin, or Huygen, H-U-G-I-N-N, named after one of Odin's ravens, which go out and basically snoop on the world and tell him about it. So it's actually a pretty appropriate name. And this is basically a, um, an agent-driven system that goes and has a bunch of plugins, or I guess agents, and each agent goes and does a thing. And you have agents that will query web pages and will let you know if certain things happen. And it has agents that will uh, get weather information. And so in general, it sounds like my kind of thing. So I download the thing and they have a Docker image and I have my Synology 
uh, NAS, which has a Docker thing. Now, I've never used Docker. As much as people love Docker and people love to talk about Docker, I guess under the hood, I'm actually using Docker when I run Home Assistant. Although, like when you run the Home Assistant OS, I think your Raspberry Pi, um, like the only thing your Raspberry Pi is doing is running Docker and then it runs the Docker image for Home Assistant. I think that's how it works. So I'm sort of indirectly using it, but I don't know anything about it. I literally just install the image and power it up and it does everything for me. So um, I suppose I might be a bad nerd on this one that I don't know shit about Docker. Never actually used it directly. And so they have the easiest way to do this, they say, is use the Docker image. And so I install Docker on my NAS and I install the image and then that's just where it begins. <laughs> and I guess like when you look at the Huygen uh, docs, they assume that you kind of know something about Docker and uh, you know, so it's just, just change your environment variables. I was like, shit, I don't know how to change a Docker environment variables, which turns out is very specific to how you're running Docker. And it's going to be different on the Synology than if you're running it, whatever. So everything about this Huygen from the beginning of this thing, like every single thing about it just didn't work quite as well as advertised. Down to when I first started, the docs were kind of shaky and I didn't realize that the whole system is about these agents uh, possibly take in events and possibly emit events or possibly they have a time trigger. But, but any one agent, like you create a web agent and it looks at a web page and it will tell you if it has changed since last time, or it will just tell you, you know, it'll just tell you a thing about it. Or you could just have it um, say, "Tell me everything that has this particular um, CSS code or XPath." And if you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter. It's just a way of like finding a piece of a web page, and then it just emits a series of events. And then I, what I didn't realize is those events by themselves don't do anything. Then you have to have another thing that intercepts those events and you can have an agent that emails. It says, okay, take the events from this thing and then email me somewhere. Or what I set up was a push bullet. So um, it takes, so I take the events out of this web agent and then I run it through a thing called deduplicator. And so it lets me know if it has never seen this event before. So if it sees a name for the first time, then it will out of the back end of the deduplicator agent, it will send another different event. And then those events go to push bullet where they buzz my phone. It's kind of a house. It's yet another different house of cards. And what I tried for the longest time was to get the email. It has an email digest um, agent, which is you, you say, okay, these various sources of agents feed into the, or the various sources of events feed into this thing. And then once a day, send me a digest of all the stuff and you can run it through a formatter. And, you know, so that looked all right. And out of the box, it has a thing like this. One of the ones that comes as an example is XKCD. So every day it goes out to look for a new comic from XKCD and formats it and then puts it, sends it to your email thing. Trying to get this thing sending email. I put easily three times more effort and time and effort into it than it was worth to me. I probably all in spent six hours trying to get email, they get this thing sending any email ever, including, uh, so I tried to do my Gmail stuff and I would configure it exactly the same way caliber, including the same token that caliber uses. 
um, and Calibre sends email to my Kindle, and I would put all the same information into the SMTP thing, and it didn't work. And the worst part of all this stuff is to um, to change the variable, you know, to change the email settings, you have to set environment variables in Docker, which involves shutting down the Docker image, changing a thing, restarting the Docker image, and then uh, testing, you know, like generating something and having the thing test, and then seeing if it sends the email. What's about, like with the shutting down and the starting up and whatever, it's like a 10-minute process. <laughs> so you change one value, and then it's 10 minutes before you know if it worked or not. It was just a drag. Now, the other thing is Huygen has so much potential and also it's written in Ruby on Rails. So if you listen to this thing at all, you know, Ruby on Rails is my first choice for anything. I love Ruby on Rails, even though it kind of had its rise and fall in popularity. There was a time when it was the hottest of hotness and now it is absolutely not. But I love it. I love working in Ruby on Rails. And I was like, oh boy, could I... Could I spend some time? Could I work, contribute to this thing? The if you look at the docs of it, the one of the examples that they give is uh, a a site that shut down in 2017. <laughs> so clear. So even just in the like example page, here's the things you could do. Like go to here and set this up, and you go and it's like oh, we no longer operate. We shut down in 2017. I was like shit. Or they have they're using Dark Sky for their weather. Well, Dark Sky was bought by Apple, and you can't even get a new token now. So lots of stuff like that. And I, I briefly toyed with the idea of saying. I briefly toyed with the idea of getting involved, and like forking the project and fixing some things and submitting some pull requests. And then I look at the pull requests that have been submitted and not accepted, and I'm, and I realize, oh, dude. <laughs> Don't hitch your wagon to this horse because I don't believe that this is, I don't believe you want to be a part of this. So for as much, so what I'm doing right now is I'm running this thing until Heroes Con happens. I'm going to limp along with the thing. And once Heroes Con's over, I'm going to uninstall this thing. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to stop running the image. I might uninstall Docker because it's the only Docker thing I'm using right now. And I'm just done with it. It's like, oh, Huygen, I wanted so much to love you. I wanted so much to use you. You seemed like such a valuable, uh, full of potential piece of this. But it's the way these things go, man, is when you get these nerdy projects, it is absolutely a garden. It's like planting a garden. You can't plant a garden in 2016 and walk away. It requires constant tending. And uh, I tell you, there's... uh, for the longest time, for 20 years now, um, in those times when I uh, need to use a resume, I still use the same way of generating my resume, which is a thing called XML resume. It was a definition of how to define yourself and your work experience in an XML schema. And then it's a bunch of um, uh, XSLT transforms. So you take this thing, you set up your resume in this very structured way in XML, kind of a drag, but for a nerd, you can do it. And then, like with one command, you can make it be, take your resume, and it's HTML, it's a PDF, it's a text file. Um, if you really were into it, you could write other transforms. And I thought, and I probably, it was like 2001, 2002, when I put my resume into this format. 
And I thought this thing had so much potential. Imagine like the horror of anytime you put your resume in any site, it's just awful, you know, and, you know, trying to, you know, trying to upload like every job site is different. And they're all, so much of the 2000s were farting with these kinds of things. It was just, they were always awful. And I had this dream of like, imagine there was this unified format that every machine to machine interchange just knew how to do this. And uh, that thing was on SourceForge for the longest time, which, I mean, at this point, who would touch a SourceForge project? <laughs> Remember when it was the biggest thing and now it's just this awful malware site? But uh, I believe the last commit to it on SourceForge was like in 2003. I still have it. It still runs. If I ever need to generate a resume, that's what I did. <laughs> you know, that's that's I that's how I generated the the one that got me my current day job uh, eight years ago, I generated that resume with this thing. And I always have this dream of, you know, somebody uh, taking it over or it becoming the de facto standard for the world of, you know, how HR does stuff that'll never happen. But boy, the, that, that to me is like my example of an untended garden. Now in that particular case, it happens to, because it doesn't have all these interactions with the world, it's standalone enough that, you know, the 20-year-old project still works. Um, it, the Java libraries that it requires, you know, m- may take a little bit of doing. But at this point, there will come a day when it doesn't work, where you can't, where the stuff you need just do, no longer matches with what it expects. But um, with Huygen, where the idea is very much, um, you know, very much interacting with the world and getting stuff, that takes constant constant vigilance and it ain't getting the constant vigilance and it is now probably uh it would probably be better to take the whole thing down than leave it up in the state that it's in because it's um probably harmful existing as it does right now um because it gives you the impression it's going to work and then when you fire it up nothing works it is absolutely a voyage of frustration <laughs> that you're you're signing up for set sail for the ship of frustration <laughs> and that's 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 where you're going it's both the ship you're on and the destination it's uh the hms <laughs> frustration sailing to frustration island it's awful so i cannot possibly recommend it to anybody um it's just <laughs> it was such a downer to me I, like, I tried to remediate it and then i thought you know I guess it would make me a good guy if I went in and said, hey, let's help this thing out. Hey, let's spend a little time and make this thing better. But I ain't gonna. I am not throwing good money. I'm not throwing good effort after bad. So uh, goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, Huygen. Uh, We'll give you a Viking funeral. (laughs) But let's set that canoe on fire. All right. uh, Probably this is the last topic. A lot of uh, one of the things that people are giving out um, as Patreon perks, Merle Lafferty has this, and I, I hear it here and there, um, either for free or sometimes as part of a paid tier, is access to a Discord chat. And this is yet another um, of those types of situations that I would call like the uh, loyalty card problem. Right? It makes perfect sense for Kroger to give you that loyalty card with the barcode. 
And it makes perfect sense for Speedway to give you the loyalty card. And it makes perfect sense for Food Lion to give you the loyalty card. And for Safeway to give you the loyalty card. And for uh, Circle K to give you the loyalty card. But at some point, you have 75 of these fucking things on your keychain. And it does not make sense for you, the person, to have 75 things on there. And much like that, it makes perfect sense for the individual uh, person or project or site or whatever to give you access to Discord. Makes perfect sense. Hey, come and interact and chat with, uh, you know, similar-minded people. I have the Discord for Obsidian. I have the Discord for uh, the Hacks, the Home Assistant Community System. I have the Discord for um, uh, Evo Terra's Advancing Podcasting. So I'm signed up to all these things. And you know what? I can't keep up with them. I have like four of them and I cannot possibly keep up. I signed up to the poker stars one solely to leave them a, a comment about the card counter film that they talked about on the the episode recently. And you know what? I can't, I'm, I'm, I have muted almost every channel on that poker star thing, mostly because I can't play real money poker stars here in South Carolina. And, uh, I don't care about, <laughs> most of what they're talking about that I can't participate in. And so it's mostly, most of that, uh, Discord is noise to me. All I care about is like the three podcast channels. The while it makes perfect sense to offer Discord as a perk, like the marginal value of adding one more to me, it's like horrifying. It's like I'm I'm the member. I'm a member of two different Slack groups on my personal life and four different Discords, and there's no way I could keep up with any of them with any regularity. I I look at them like. I just looked at three months of Evos recently because I had to. I open had to open Discord to go do this Poker Stars thing. And I'm like, oh, I haven't checked this in months. And I'm not going to check it daily. I'm not going to check any of them daily. You know, uh, I I just it's too much, too much ongoing noise per day to like sit there and watch what's coming in on that. I'm. It would make sense if I were the person running one of those uh, projects to do that, but. Jeez, <laughs> it's not it's not a fun thing. It's not a thing I aspire to have lots more discords in my life. It's, it's just it's just yet another uh, micro obligation <laughs> in my life that uh, is it yet another failure point. It's yet another thing to fail at because, hey, here's a fun thing you're not keeping up with much like the fun comic books you're not reading and the fun TV shows you're not watching and the fun movies that you're way behind on and the fun books you're way behind on. Uh, theoretically, uh, my life is full of fun contact, all of which look like failures to me because I have 400 comics in my to be read pile and 200 novels in my to be read pile and a hundred seasons of television shows. And I still haven't, I am up to the 2017 episodes of Marvel Netflix series. <laughs> We're through the second season of Luke Cage. That's what the last thing we watched. They're leaving Netflix or they left Netflix. I don't know where they are now. Uh, they might or might not be on a Plex I have access to. I don't know. I can make no statement one way or the other. But, uh, you know, I had five years to watch those things and I didn't get... However, I didn't get like 15 seasons of shows. Uh, it's like 200, 200 hours of shows in five years. I couldn't get that watched. <laughs> I know, I know someone in my life who watches 14 hours of television a day. Uh, 
They could they could have done that in two the whole of the Marvel Netflix universe they could have done that in two weeks if they had really cared. Um and in five years I couldn't make it happen. So it makes sense to give you access to a thing. <laughs> but I don't need I don't need one more failure in my life. My life is so full of so many little failures. Macro, micro, uh I just don't need to add one more to that stack. With that cheery thought, my friends, let us go into our lives. Thank you for listening. You can reach out Dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org. Show notes. If you want a link to a dead dead or uh, dying project <laughs> in GitHub, evilgeniuschronicles.org. If you want to know how to buy some uh, metal-sounding bagpipe music, evilgeniuschronicles.org. That's where you go and you find this stuff. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything. Stay safe. It feels like uh, just when uh, one sort of axis of staying safe seems uh, less of a problem, we have a whole other axis of people not being safe. <sighs> do what you can, my friends. Uh, keep your heads up if you can. Uh, do what you need. Stay alive. Stay. Uh, keep yourself alive, as uh, Freddie Mercury once said. Thank you again. And do not forget that I love you. Goodbye. It looks like the title of a compliment. Combina- it looks like the title of a compliment. And so uh, I believe that um, that's somewhere in your future, if, dear listener. You're going to have two issue, two not two issues. Two. Don't don't hitch your horse to this. When that's over, if we're still alive. I clean my own fucking mess up.